The Fields of Home by Ralph Moody, University of Nebraska Press, 1953. We're on chapter 33, New Crops. Hmm. Lord, thank you. That is, we're nearing the end of this book. Uh, we've had glimpses at relationships that have been tough, perseverance that was required. Um, I think even of the, the food that was tough to eat at times and I'm surrounded by so much variety in food. So thank you, Lord, for the provision you give us every day and the things you remind me of to be grateful for, even through reading a book in Jesus' name. Amen. Bill Hubbard came to work for us steady on the first day of spring. <clears throat> the ground was still too muddy for working in the field, so the first job we did was to dig the cellar for the barn addition. Then, while Bill and I laid the base boulders for the foundation, Grandfather hauled gravel and brought cement from Lewiston for the concrete floor. We didn't build the new cellar like the old one, but laid a smooth floor for wagons and farm machinery at the front. The fields were dry enough that we could haul dressing as soon as the new cellar floor was laid. Grandfather liked to do the spreading with the machine Uncle Levi had rebuilt, and it kept him from working too hard on the barn foundation. All three of us would pitch on the loads. Then, while Grandfather was spreading them in the fields, Bill and I would hoist boulders to the walls, chink them in place with broken stone, and fill the spaces around them with cement. Bill helped me with the milking so we could get an early start on the day's work, and we never quit till it was too dark to see. By April 10th, the foundation was finished, and we plowed the first furrow in the wilderness field. Grandfather let me hold the plow, plow and he drove the horses. During the winter in the woods, we learned not, he learned not to shout at the yellow colt, but as he drove, he couldn't help chirping, Get up! Get up! Gee off! Gee off now! Or, Ha to you, tarnal fool colt! Often, when we'd stop the horses for a rest, Grandfather would look back along the furrows and gloat. Gory sakes alive, Ralphie! Never calculated I'd be laying a plow to this field again in all the days of my life. Once, when we'd stopped to rest, he said, Let, let your old grandpa have a hold of them handles for a spell. Gory sakes, gory sakes alive, ain't it pretty to see the black earth a-turning up again. Mellow, mellow and fertile, Ralphie. Calculate will twill. Fill the cellar to overflowing with potatoes come fall. Been a reading about putting phosphate beneath the rows. There's a power more money in the provender bank account than what we'll be needing for grain. Don't you calculate to be a good notion to put in some of it into phosphate? It was the first time Grandfather had ever asked me what I thought about the farming. <clears throat> a lump came into my throat. I didn't trust myself to speak, so just nodded my head and grinned. During our first few days of plowing in the wilderness field, Bill blasted rocks, cut brush, and burned junipers in the hidden fields. And then he came and blasted or pried out buried rocks that were too big for the plow to move. The smaller stones were left in the furrows, and after the plowing was finished, Grandfather raked them with my old stone rake while Bill and I hauled them to the wall. The harder Grandfather worked, the happier he seemed to be, and he didn't have an attack of malaria all through the spring. He even disliked to leave the fields to take the butter to Lewiston on Saturdays, and instead of being gone all day, he'd leave before daylight and be home by noon. The Saturday after we'd finished clearing the wilderness field, he drove the dump cart to Lewiston, and when he came home, he brought a brand new two-section spike-toothed harrow. Grandfather didn't do any whispering when he drove into the dooryard with a new harrow, but shouted, Ralphie! Billy! Come a-running! Come see what I fetched us home. Brand spanking new! Ain't never been dug a, drug afoot. By fire, I calculate on having them feel as soft as goose feathers. Then, 
While Bill and I lifted the harrow out of the cart, Grandfather dropped his voice and told Millie, Strawberry plants is tender little critters. Costs a heap of money to buy them, and I don't calculate to scrimp on the tools and lose a half of them to cause the soil ain't tended right. I and Ralphie is a going to write off for him tomorrow. Going to get him from them Breck folks off to Boston. Best tunnel seed and plant folks in the country. Got all the <clears throat> newfangled kinds. Ever bearers that fruits from early spring till frost. Excel excelsiors that ripens the first warm days of June. And commonwealths that comes on afore, just before the early frost, after the fetched and berries is all gone. Half the size of your fist and dark red. By gory Millie girl, my mouth's a-watering already. Grandfather and I spent most of Sunday afternoon on the order for the plant, strawberry plants. He'd read Breck's catalog until all the pages about strawberries were worn, dog-eared at the corners, and he almost he could almost recite every word it said about each variety. The thing that worried us most was the number of plants we'd need to the acre. When we first sat down, Grandfather said, Nigh as I can calculate, Ralphie, there's just a little shy of eight acres in the high field. I'm calculating on tomatoes for five of them and strawberries for three. Counting on the rows being three feet apart and a plant to every foot, how many plants are we going to need? Most of them comes to seven to seven dollars a thousand. But the best ever bearers is Pan Americans, and they're asking 15 cents a piece for them. I don't calculate on getting over 100 of them kind. Sometime in school, I'd learned the number of square feet <clears throat> in an acre, <coughs> but had forgotten it. I could only remember three feet, one yard, five and a half yards, one rod, 40 rods, one furlong, eight furlongs, one mile. And I did know that a section of land was a mile square and had 640 acres in it. After I'd figured all over three or four sheets of paper, I got an answer of 43,560 strawberry plants for three acres. I knew I must have made a mistake somewhere, so I threw the papers in the stove and started all over again. That time, Grandfather kept fussing at me to stop my dawdling and do the job man fashion. He made me lose my patience two or three, place, two or three times, but when I came to the answer, it was the same one I'd had before. Fiddlesticks! Fiddlesticks! Grandfather snapped when I told him what the figure was. Any tarnal fool would know better than that. An acre ain't but 70 paces each side. Well, let's see what that does, I told him. I know my answer can't be right, but I got the same one twice. If an acre is 70 paces long, then three acres would be 210 paces. And with three plants to every pace, that would be 630 plants in a row. With the rows a pace apart, that would be 70 rows. So, <laughs> Grandfather snatched the paper and figured for half a minute. Gory sakes alive! Great thunderation! He said as he sat looking at the figures, by fire it comes out to six of one and half a dozen of the other. Gory sakes, Ralphie, that's a tarnal lot of strawberry plants. He figured again and said, hmm, hmm that comes to over $3,000 or $300. Did it calculate we're running into no such sort of money? I was sure the chance of having a strawberry field was gone. My mouth went dry. My voice sounded thin when I said, we wouldn't have to put in three acres strawberries grow new runners, plants on runners. Sometimes an old plant will make a dozen or so new ones in a year. If we just had a few, we could root all the runners, <clears throat> and in a few years, we could build up the three acres. Grandfather just said, hmm, some more, and walked up and down the kitchen floor with his thumbs locked together behind his back. It was two or three minutes before he stopped and asked, will they bear fruit and put out new plants at the same time? Yes, sir, I said. If we just had a couple of hundred plants, I think we could spread them into three acres in three years. 
Grandfather walked and hummed for another two or three minutes. Then he stopped suddenly, pounded his fist on the table, and said, By fire, Ralphie, we're going to do it. Once these folks round about see us, us fetching strawberries off the market, they'll trial nigh all of them want a field of their own. By gory, I and you is going to raise the plants to sell them. Calculate we'll start off with about two acres of them Excelsiors, one acre of Commonwealths, and 500 of them Pan American Everbearers. If it costs 15 cents a piece to buy them, the new plants ought to fetch a pretty penny once we get got to in to sell. Fetch a clean paper and the ink bottle. By gory, if we're a going into the strawberries business, we're a going in whole hog. The next three weeks were busy ones, and there were days when we had as many as a dozen men and boys working in the high field. As soon as it was harrowed smooth, we set out the tomato plants Millie had been taken care of in Uncle Levi's hothouse. I made a marker with the teeth three feet apart, then drove it carefully both ways across the field. When all the tomato plants were set out, the rows ran straight in every direction. The strawberry plants came right after we had finished setting out the tomatoes. Though the strawberry field was only a little more than half as big as a tomato field, it took twice as long to set the plants. <clears throat> When, while Grandfather and I were working with the two men at the strawberry and tomato planting, Bill plowed the hidden fields, raked the stones, and harrowed and trenched the wilderness field for potatoes. In that field, Bill and I put the dressing into the trenches, and Grandfather followed us, strewing a line of phosphate on top of the manure. We sent to Aroostook County for the best cobbler seed potatoes, cut them two eyes to the piece, and Millie and I laid the pieces in the trenches, while Grandfather and Bill covered them with a few inches of fine soil. After we finished the potato planting, we began getting the hidden fields ready for corn. Bill Hubbard and I were laying blasted rock on the stone wall when Grandfather stopped the harrow beside us and said, Gory sakes, Ralphie, did ever you see prettier plowing fields in all your born days? He reached down, picked up a handful of the sandy loam, and rubbed it between his fingers. Hmm, he hummed as it sifted back to the ground. This upper field is a dike more petered out than the lower one. Hmm, calculate I was a trifle overgenerous once I spread the dressing on the lower field. And I scanted this one according. Needs a tarnal good mess of phosphate throwed in the hills with the seed. By thunder, that phosphate stuff's running the money. Hmm. By gory, I got it. I got it, Ralphie. Let them folks at the cannery over to Lisbon. I hear tell they'll provide a man with phosphate and seed if, if he'll plant and pick and cultivate Winston how they tell him. And contract to sell him the whole crop. No, by thunder. No, I ain't going to have nobody telling me how to farm this place. Get up. Get up now. For two more rounds of the field, Grandfather walked along behind the harrow with his head down and old Bess trailing at his heels. Then he stopped beside us again and asked, How much you calculate them cannery folks would stick their noses into our affairs if we was to deal with them, Ralphie? I don't know, I told him. But if we take good care of the field, I wouldn't care how often they came around to see us. Is there as much money in raising sweet corn as there is in field corn? Tar a lot more, but by thunderation, they ain't a going to get up, get up, Colty. This time, Grandfather made three rounds of the field before he stopped again. He walked slowly over to a stoop and picked up another handful of soil. From the harrowing, the loam had dried a little on the top, and it sifted away between Grandfather's fingers. He looked up at me almost sheepishly and said, Calculate I'll drive over and talk to them folks at the cannery, Ralphie. Might happen come fall and the market goes down, we could sell them some tomatoes to can. Before noon, Grandfather came back from the cannery and brought a man with him. <clears throat> they walked all over the upper hidden field. Then the man took samples of soil away with him. In the afternoon, Grandfather drove the dump cart over to Lisbon and brought home the phosphate and the seed corn. It was country gentleman corn, still on the cobs with the husks braided together in bundles. 
Uncle Levi came right after we'd planted the sweet corn. We didn't know he was coming, and Grandfather was just leaving for Lewiston with the butter when the taxi cab from Brunswick came into the dooryard. Uncle Levi was riding, was riding with the driver, and the back seat was loaded with bags of fruit, presents, and big packages of fresh meat. Gory sakes! Gory sakes alive, Levi! You don't know how glad I'd be to see you, Grandfather called out as he climbed down off the Democrat wagon and hurried toward the taxi cab. Ralphie, take care of old Ned whilst I fish uh, Levi out and show him what we, we've been a doing in the fields. By gory, Levi, you wouldn't, won't scarcely know the old place. Come on, Levi, whilst I show you. I started to open the back door of the taxi cab to take the bags and packages out, but Uncle Levi bumped against me and mumbled, let be, let be. Then he said to Grandfather, by Hub Thomas, ain't you getting a, a late start for Lewiston this morning? Calculated you have been on the road afore sunup. This man's waiting to fetch me over to see Aunt Lucy Stevens. She writ me she's been ailing this spring, and I fetched her down a little drop of medicine. You go on to Lewiston afore the sun gets high enough to melt the butter on you. I'll stay out of the fields until you get home and show them to me. Hi, Millie. Set the teapot on, and I'll be back soon as ever I fetch this bottle of spirits over to Aunt Lucy. Then he climbed back into the taxi cab and drove out of the yard. If Uncle Levi went to see Aunt Lucy Stevens, he couldn't have stopped longer than a minute. Grandfather was hardly out of sight when the taxi cab came back into the yard. Great day of judgment, Uncle Levi laughed as he got out. It's a wonder uh, uh, Thomas don't stave my playhouse all to pieces. By hub, I had to do some tall thinking there for a minute. Here, Ralph, give me a hand with these cussed boxes. Bill had been turning the separator for Millie. And they both came running when they heard Uncle Levi. Bill stepped in front of Uncle Levi and helped me lift out two heavy flat boxes from the floor of the taxi cab. Been in talking to them brick folks, Uncle Levi, Levi told us as we set the boxes by the doorstone. The way Thomas has been a right me, he's calculated on having some strawberries to pick this summer. But them brick folks say there won't be none afore next spring. They don't want Thomas to be disappointed. So I had him find me a parcel of everbears that's old enough to set fruit this year. Got them in pots. That's what makes the boxes so heavy. Calculate you boys can scatter them about the field real careful so Thomas won't smell a mouse. Bill and I set the new strawberry plants as carefully as we could. There were a hundred of them, and we scattered them pretty well over the whole field. They were bigger than the other plants, so we picked off a few of the outside leaves, set the plants in little hollows, and raked out the footprints around them. When we'd finished, we couldn't look across the field and pick out any one of them. Then, before we went to Hoe Hills for the yellow corn in the lower hidden field, we stacked the pots together, laid them by the orchard wall, and covered them with stones. Grandfather got home from Lewiston at noon. He brought old Nell in, dripping sweat and blowing like a steam engine. We had steak for dinner, but Grandfather would eat only a few mouthfuls before he took Uncle Levi out to see the tomato, strawberry, and potato fields. They came to the hidden field where, while Bill and I were dropping the yellow seeds into the corn hills, and after they'd walked all around the field, dropping pumpkin seeds here and there in the hills, Uncle Levi stopped beside us and said to Bill, I'll drop corn with Ralph a while, if you have a mind to hoe in the cover dirt. Then he took Bill's seed basket, and we worked side by side. Uncle Levi and I were about in the middle of the field when he stopped and reached his hand deep in his overalls pocket. When he took it out, he had a few red kernels of corn in it. There, by hubby said, he looked around, calculate this is good a place as any for the red ears. Then he knelt and dropped five kernels carefully spaced in a circle as he said, one for the blackbird, one for the crow, one for the cutworm, and two to grow. There, there by hub. Know what them's for, Ralph? Well, so as to raise some red ears, I guess.
Know what red ears is for, he asked. I just shook my head and said, no, sir. Great day, Uncle Levi chuckled. Well, you will. Come the husking. First boy to find a red ear gets to kiss his girl. Uncle Levi was still kneeling. He peeked up at me and asked, kissed any little Hale yet? I didn't want to tell him I had, and I didn't want to lie to him either. I was trying to think of some way to change the subject when Uncle Levi sprang up, put his arm around my shoulder and said, Shouldn't ought to have asked you, but by hub, I'm glad you done it. Awful nice girl, Annie. Clever as a kitten. I fetched down a box of candy in my valise. Calculated you might like to take it along when you went for the cows. After we'd gone on dropping seed for a dozen or so hills, Uncle Levi laid a hand on my shoulder. When I raised my head, there was almost a sad look on his face. A picked flower soon fades, and there ain't nothing to do but heave it out, he said. The Almighty meant him to be left on the bush till seed time. Then he went back to dropping corn. That's the end of the chapter, a lot shorter than the, than the other night. So I love you guys. Um, I, can, I think it's fun to see Uncle, no, not Uncle Levi, but uh, Grandfather's enthusiasm about the whole thing, but Uncle Levi coming up with a solution to actually have strawberries uh, by that summer. I love you.